Hey Palmetto Shores and welcome back to our small group resources. Uh, this morning we're going to be in John chapter 10 verses 1 to 21 and our sermon passage is coming out of 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 10. And these passages actually work really well together uh, and go hand in hand and you'll see that after you hear um, this week's sermon. Uh, so let's just go ahead and read uh, these verses and we'll dive in after that. So picking up in John 10 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow, follow him, and they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus said with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, and sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not all this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, and that, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and, in, and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So for our audience today, uh, many of us um, don't really have a background or any um, idea when it comes to agriculture or um, having to herd sheep or other animals on a daily basis. But we don't have to uh, experience that to understand what it is that Jesus is telling us um, here in our 21st century context. Uh, we can get this pic the same picture uh, with you know a parent to children or uh, pets to owners. And so in verse 6, it tells us that the Pharisees didn't understand this figure of speech that Jesus spoke, but it wouldn't have been a foreign concept for them to understand. Rather, they were being blind and hearing, blind at being hearing at hearing the truth. Um, from God because they were focused on just bringing Jesus down rather than following his teachings and their pride would not allow them to sit under his gospel teaching. So in verse 7 Jesus tells them a different way because they weren't able to understand so he asserts that he is the one good shepherd all that have come before him are thieves and robbers and uh, in this passage we can take a lot away just from Jesus character and what he's saying um, just to see how much he cares for us. So in verse 7, Jesus tells the uh, Jews in a different way since they didn't understand the first time. He asserts that he is the one true good shepherd, and all that come before him and after him are thieves and robbers. 
so in this passage, we can take a lot away from his character and just see how much it is that he does care for us. Uh, so can you think of any bad shepherds that you may have met or heard of in your life? Um, as we can see in this text, the contrast to Jesus being a good shepherd means that there are bad ones who um, are out there, and they exist to be the complete opposite of who Jesus is. Uh, they aren't concerned for your well-being. They aren't looking out for you. They're looking for their own best interests and are doing it solely for themselves to get ahead or just to keep themselves at the center rather than Jesus. And so when we see that robbers um, or the thieves or the ones who aren't the good shepherds come around and trouble does come and it, and it rears its head, it says that they flee, they run away, they don't care for their flock because they're only concerned about themselves. And so unlike Jesus, they run and they hide, but Jesus in the face of trouble, in the face of sin, in the face of darkness, he stands there to defend his flock and defend his people. And what we see in Jesus' life is exactly that. As he's, he's demonstrated this in the book of John so far up into verse 10, and I mean chapter 10, and we'll see that after this as well. And um, just throughout scripture that Jesus' life has been and will be, always will be the demonstration of the good shepherd. And he doesn't do it out of selfish gain or um, anything for himself, but he does it for the glory of God. He is the good shepherd because he laid his own life down for the sake of us to know God, to have eternal life. And in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he did it for us so that we may, that we may have life um, that goes beyond just what this world can offer. And in this passage, uh, we see that the work of Jesus isn't done. Uh, just because he isn't here physically with us anymore doesn't mean that the work and life of Jesus has, has ended. Instead, he says that there, there's a flock that, he, that know him and that uh, respond to him. But there are others that don't know him yet, but that is the mission of why Jesus came, that all would be able to have the opportunity to respond to know the Good Shepherd. And that turns into be our call uh, as Christians, that uh, we are the flock and there are other people out there who can come to know the to know Jesus, to know uh, his life and grace, his mercy, his um, his goodness, and to respond to that call to let to let Jesus be the good shepherd of their life as well. And so there's going to be false teachers, there's bad shepherds out there who have no foundation to stand on or anything. Um, and when we come across them, we're able to distinguish that because they do run. They run from trouble. They don't stand up for their flock. They don't seek to bring God's glory, but they seek to do their own. And uh, as Jesus was accused of having a demon, uh, there were people there as well to say, how can this man be a demon? Uh, can, the, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Uh, many people got it. They understood. They were able to see uh, who Jesus truly was and uh, what his purpose and goal in being there was. So this passage is super encouraging and um, it's uh, really fun to read and study as well just because there's so much life and joy knowing that Jesus is our good shepherd and that uh, there's no situation that we would have to uh, face without him going before us. And so I'm going to leave it here and let you discuss it in more detail with your groups. So I hope you all have a great discussion and we'll talk to you next time.